In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I read two different Gospels today. Uh, I wanted to do one that's a very long Sunday Gospel. I don't want to do the whole thing. Uh, so I read some of it in Chaldean, just so that you guys hear it. But then I'm going to preach on the one that I read in English. The part that I read in English is a parable that Jesus gives. And we know the story, we just read it. I want to explain it before I move on with my homily. Jesus speaks in parables about real things. What is the real thing that he's speaking about in the image, images drawn by the parable? It's salvation history. It is what has happened in Israel over the last about thousand years or so. God has planted a vineyard. God is the householder who plants a vineyard. And the vineyard is Israel. And he sends tenants there so that they can work the vineyard and then give him the fruit of it when he asks for it. The tenants are the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders at the time and throughout history. The householder sends his servants over to the tenants to receive the fruits and bring it back to the householder. The servants are the prophets of the Old Testament. The prophets are people that are sent by God And in the history of Israel, the religious leaders get so upset with the prophets because the prophets speak the truth. The prophets speak on behalf of God. And many, even religious leaders, then and now, we have to say, reject the word of God. So what do you do? They kill them. They kill the prophets over and over again. And that's what Jesus is explaining in the parable. Finally, the householder, God, sends his son, this is obviously a reference to Christ, sends his son saying, they will respect my son. But when the son comes, the tenants say, oh, this is the heir, this is an opportunity for us. Let's kill him too, he's not gonna send anybody else, let's kill him because he's the heir and we can inherit what he would have inherited, the vineyard will be ours. Ultimately, what do the tenants want? They want to own the vineyard for themselves. They don't wanna work for the householder, they wanna own it for themselves. So Jesus gives the parable, and then he asks the religious leaders, what do you think the householder is going to do? They don't, they, they don't really interpret the parable well. What do you think the householder is going to do when he comes to the tenants? They say, oh, he's going to put those wretches to a miserable death. And then Jesus says, yeah, basically you're right. Have you not read in the Old Testament? And he quotes a song. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. It's a marvel in our eyes that it is the Lord's doing. Last week I preached a homily. This uh, last week, if you remember, the gospel reading was about James and John's mother going to Jesus and saying, uh, let my son sit at your left and your right hand. Jesus looks at them and he says, can you drink the cup that I'm to drink? That is the cup of his suffering. And I said last week in my homily that the cup of suffering is something that Jesus uh, offers to every one of us and that it is the best option many, many times in our lives when we can't escape suffering because we cannot escape suffering. Oftentimes, the best thing to do is to drink the cup of Christ with him, to accept the suffering, that reality, that God, that, that uh, this life has to offer, instead of rejecting it, which would make us uh, either apathetic and despondent and just totally emotionless and bitter, or it would make us evil. That's if we're the victim. That's when life victimizes us, when other people's sins wound us. That's 
the best thing to do. Drink the cup and offer it up in union with the cup that Jesus himself drank. But what about now? In this gospel reading, what if we're the victimizer? What if we're the ones that are wounding others instead? And I think oftentimes, probably most oftentimes, that is the case. Let us not think for a second that we are the servants and not the tenants in the parable. More often than not, if I know myself well, well enough, and if I know people well enough, we are more often the tenants who are killing the servants rather than the servants who are being killed by the tenants. Why do I say that? You know, for you and I, it is our calling to love Christ with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. It is our, it is our duty, it is our, in fact, pleasure to love Jesus with everything that we are. It is our call. This would be the greatest joy if we can reach that. The problem is, Jesus is not very easily lovable. Not because of Him, He is love itself, but because of us. Our sins blind us so much that we can't even recognize love. Our uh, deficiencies, our weaknesses, keep us from fully offering ourselves over to God. So it's not that Jesus is Himself not lovable, it's that we lack the ability to love so much that it becomes very hard to love Christ. Why? Because Christ's love requires so much of us and we most often don't want to give it. Instead, we reject it. And the way we reject it is by keeping with the parable, killing those that God sends to us. And this is what I mean by that. In another part of the gospel, this is in Matthew 25, Jesus says, Whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do so to me. In uh, the book of Acts, St. Paul, Saul at the time, is going to Damascus to find Christians and kill them. And Jesus interrupts him. Jesus is already in heaven. He interrupts him. He blinds him with his glory. Paul is knocked off his horse. Jesus says to St. Paul, why are you persecuting me? Now Paul is going after Christians and Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And Paul says, who are you that I'm persecuting? Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Is he going after Jesus? Jesus is already, he died, rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. He's not going after Jesus. But to Jesus, going after his disciples, going after members of his own body, is the same as going after him. Jesus identifies himself with us. For Jesus, we are so united to him that we become a part of him and he identifies us with himself. That's a beautiful thing. It's a great privilege that every one of us has. Something that we should never, not for a second in our lives, take for granted. With that said, it is sad that that being the case, Christians, Catholics, Chaldeans, so often war against one another, so often argue over frivolous things, not, and not just argue, fight over such frivolous things, split over money, split over business, split over things that really don't matter in the end. And what do we do when we do that except for splitting the body of Christ itself, creating new wounds in Jesus' body? Let's not think for a second that we're not the tenants in the parable 
and that we're the servants. We're not. We're the tenants. And when God sends servants over to us, maybe they're not prophets. True. Maybe they're not saints. Fine. But if they're in our lives, God has sent them there. And if we're harming those people that God has sent in our lives, let us not think for a second that we're not killing the very son that the householder has sent over to us. The tenants, what is the goal of the tenants in the parable? We know it at the end. When the son comes, let's kill the son so that we can receive his inheritance. The vineyard will now be ours. Why kill the servants of God? Why harm other people? Why take control over the lives of other people and degrade them and destroy their dignity and the image of God that is in them? Why do these things? Because we want control. Because we want power. We want power over the things of God. We want to control the things that God has gifted to us. They're the gifts of God to us. They don't belong to us. And yet we want to possess them. We want them to be ours and not His. That's dark. And that's very gloomy, but it's very true. And if you think about it for a second, you'll know it as I know it. That's dark and that's very gloomy, but that's exactly what it is. When we arrogate ourselves the way the tenants arrogate themselves, make themselves arrogant, try uh, to take control over the things of the householder. It wasn't theirs, they didn't build it. It's not for them to keep, it's the householders. He wants his fruit, it belongs to him. God calls us to something, it belongs to him. It's his right to have it from us. Who are we to stop uh, God from receiving what belongs to Him? And yet it's exactly what we do. It's exactly what we do when we commit sins against Him by committing sins against one another. Brothers and sisters, whatever vineyard you and I belong to, because a vineyard is merely a symbol for some medium that God has us in, some community that God has us in. It could be the family, it could be whatever it is. Whatever vineyard God has put us in, and whatever people God has put there around us, sent to us, that is where we practice sanctity. That is where we practice holiness. This is where we learn to learn to love. This is where we learn to love. Yes. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. This is where we learn to love by living with the people that God has given us to live with. It is very easy to say, oh, I, I want to live with this person, I don't want to live with this other person. I want to be with this person, I don't want to be with this other person. This is very easy to do. But it's not sanctifying. In fact, it could be that we become the tenants. And it could be that God will come around one day and utterly destroy the tenants because they're not doing their job right. God has put us in a specific vineyard. You know what yours is and I know what mine is. And it is there in that vineyard that we are to be sanctified. The vineyard does not belong to us, and nor does anybody that works there belong to us either. We don't possess anything in this life. All things belong to God. It is for us to be responsible over them, to treat them as if they belong to God because they do. In the gospel, we um, see very clearly the love of God, most especially in the cross. And Jesus presents it to us in many ways, many of his teachings, many things like that. God is good. God loves us. God is merciful. God wants us to go to heaven. God desires us more than uh, we can imagine. God loves us more than we love ourselves. All that is true. And yet Jesus presents one of the other attributes of God very often in the gospel, and that is the justice of God. In the parable that Jesus gives us today, 
there is a very clear threat. Let us start being good and faithful and obedient servants in the vineyard that God has put us in. Or it might be the case that God will take this vineyard away from us and give it to one who is more worthy of it. Amen.